I had this, I say it's a genetic advantage because having strong leg muscles was uh, really good for the sport of speed skating. I got to excel very quickly in the sport and long story short, when I moved to Calgary. In a matter of three days I lost feeling from my chest to my toes. I lost bladder control and developed double vision and literally went from one of the top speed skaters in Canada to not walking in three days. Welcome to the Just Life podcast. It is our hope that the gritty, real and uncensored insights we share with you here will help you get your shit together as you explore and discover what it takes to live your best life on your terms. We have a special series of podcasts coming up. Uh, this is number two about purpose and in particular uh, sharing some insights from a number of people who have gone through the journey and, uh, and and really had some strong insights to share about what it takes to find purpose um, and what that looks like in their world. And this is all in, in the interest of, of now setting up uh, an upcoming event that's coming in January called A Day on Purpose. And this is being hosted by Richard Booker, who's also on the podcast with us today. Thank you for coming, Richard. And, uh, and then we have a guest, uh, Crystal Phillips. And Crystal is going to share a little bit with us about the journey of what it took to have her find what it means to have a purposeful life in her own flavor. We all got our own version of it. And what does it look like? And it's not the same for everybody. And Crystal is going to be sharing some of that, um, speaking at a day on purpose in January. And what we're going to do on the podcast is get a little background teaser and, and get a, a sense of uh, a little bit of what she'll share at the event in January. So welcome, Crystal. Thank you. Now, uh, I'm going to let Richard just kind of guide the, the conversation here as we uh, share a little bit about Crystal's journey. So, Richard, you have the microphone, hopefully okay. properly this time. Um, so, Crystal, I think it was about a year ago that I heard you speak at an event I was hosting with the Goldmine Project. Um, and you were telling uh, the audience your story of, I guess I'd call it transition, maybe. Um, and um, from what I remember of it, it was um, uh, a path that was well-defined by you, a, a choice that you'd made, a purpose that you'd identified and committed your life to, when the universe kind of threw you a curveball, as I remember. And then a couple of months ago, you and I ran into each other at a coffee shop, and I, like usual, when the universe sort of put something in front of me, kind of walked right by it. And then as I was walking out of the coffee shop with my wife, thought, hmm, this could be more important than just happenstance that this is where Crystal gets her coffee. So I turned on my heels, came back into the store, and then you may remember I was telling you a little bit about this event called A Day on Purpose and asking you if you'd be interested in participating. And to my absolute delight, you said yes. And so here we are. I wonder if you could share just a little bit about the story I'm referring to uh, for those that are listening. Happy to. Thanks for having me. So I guess that that uh, big goal of mine that I was very driven towards was the Olympics. I grew up um, with a genetic advantage that got me the nickname Quadzilla. Um, I. Well, I had this, I say it's a genetic advantage because having strong leg muscles was uh, really good for the sport of speed skating. And so I entered into a very competitive um, sport of speed skating. I got to excel very quickly in the sport. And long story short, um, when I 
moved to Calgary where the National Training Center is and the fastest ice in the world. Um, this is where you kind of took your your training and your skating to that next level. Mm -hmm. And the summer after I moved there, um, in a matter of three days, I lost feeling from my chest to my toes. I lost bladder control and developed double vision and literally went from one of the top speed skaters in Canada to not walking in three days. Wow. So that was super annoying because I'm a teenager at the time and I had this Olympic dream and now I'm being told that I have multiple sclerosis and that I'll never speed skate again. Now thankfully I was still a teenager and I say thankfully because up until that point I hadn't really dealt with a whole lot of adversity so not speed skating was so not a part of my reality that I genuinely didn't believe my doctors when they said that to me. Um, it was just a matter of not if but when I was going to get back to skating so I got to utilize the resources I had on the national team to relearn how to walk relearn how to bike and eventually skate again and I remember racing my first competition and um, the, the, the crowd went wild they were excited to see me back and I remember crying myself to sleep that night because my times were now so sucky compared to <laughs> before I was sick. And I wake up the next morning and the entire left side of my body went numb. And that's when it's really hit me. Okay, I'm not this invincible teenager. I really do have this serious disease and I've got to do absolutely everything I can to get back skating. So I looked at both conventional and unconventional options um, over the next four years. I went through the roller coaster um, of, of MS, meaning you go into relapse and then you come out of relapse. Uh, for some reason, your, your immune system attacks your nervous system. That's thought to, um, that's the thought for how MS works. And, um, but I was able to get back to an elite level and by 2009 just um, qualified for the, uh, the trials for the 2010 Olympics and went into the pre-Olympic season of training. I woke up one morning blind in my left eye and that's a fairly common symptom of MS, got more tests done and my neurologist said, I'm sorry Crystal, it looks like your disease is progressing and you should be prepared for the reality that you could be in a wheelchair in the next couple of years and we highly recommend much more aggressive drug treatment plan, started listing the side effects which sounded worse than the disease itself so I made the decision to go off all of my drugs and really be um, take my non-pharmaceutical non unconventional approach to just the next level so that I could get back skating and eight months later I came just a few spots off the Canadian Olympic team and nine years later is now and although you can't see me I'm not in a wheelchair like I was predicted to be in and not only that but I am flourishing with um, great health and have been for the last nine years so it's um, it's been a very positive journey um, despite such a traumatic experience yeah I, and I, I remember when when you shared when I heard this story and I thought of all the the labels if you'll forgive the term you'd assign to Crystal Phillips, um, knowing what I know of your story, uh, completely healthy, with absolutely no signs of any illness of any description, isn't one of them. It's, you wouldn't you wouldn't think that you know would associate MS with with you, um, and so really interesting that I mean compelling the determination that you took from that, and I know you'll talk more about this on on the day in, on January twenty fifth, but. The uh, and I don't recall you talking about how you've really found a new purpose completely. That's 
that um, sort of built on the foundation of, of speed skating and that whole life, but now doesn't really have a whole lot with to do with, with that activity. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I sort of joke that these new journeys that I've been on that have been, my life got steered in, in this way because of uh, my disease and what I went through. Um, and they turned out to be new sort of Olympic dreams. I call them my, my new Olympic medals, um, even though they, they aren't actually the Olympics. But the satisfaction, the, the dream is just as big, if not bigger. And yeah. so to um, be driving towards that and reaching it in, in certain parts has been really cool. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that, that will be at this event and then maybe listening to this that have been forced into a situation of having to redefine who they are. I mean, I work with a lot of people who are out of work, not by choice, and don't see a viable option for them to continue their career in the, in the direction they've been going. So engineers and geologists and geophysicists, for example. Um, and so now having to reinvent themselves completely, not because they want to, but because they have to. Um, which parallels an awful lot, it seems yeah, to Yeah, I can relate. So how did, you, how did you do that without just, you know, going down a, a different place, just sort of throwing your hands up? It's a good question. I, I, I won't give too much away, but mm -hmm. I would say that it really comes down to knowing yourself and playing your strengths and outsourcing the rest. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit more about outsourcing the rest? Yeah, so I think that we're we're all gifted with certain strengths in this world. Mm -hmm. And when you do have a good understanding of who you are, what your values are, and what you're trying to achieve, um, and then you also are realistic about what am I good at and what do I love doing? And then what am I terrible at and don't love doing? And so it's, it's not a matter of, you know, you don't want to grow and learn and develop into, you know, areas that you're maybe not as gifted but I think that you have gifts for a reason and the more you play those and focus on your strengths mm -hmm. as opposed to just trying to make up for um, quote-unquote weaknesses I think that um, you're gonna have a much easier way to find your your path right mm -hmm. so what's it like now I mean do you go to speed skating events and sit in the stands yeah on occasion so what's that like for you it's it's weird it's yeah. nostalgic um, it's weird to not recognize everybody. Mm -hmm. I'm a very social creature and I, the Olympic Oval represents this place where you walk in and you know everybody from sure. you know, the maintenance crew to the Zamboni drivers to the coaches and to the mm -hmm. Olympic gold medalists like Jeremy Weatherspoon and Katrina Maydone and yeah. you're having the same kind of conversations with them all and now I walk in and it's this building and all the same pieces but completely different people which yeah. is it's exciting and you, you kind of feel like a fly on the wall in a sense. Mm -hmm. But uh, do you ever uh, experience a sense of regret, like you're that's not that's not who you are anymore? No, I, I don't I don't feel like that. I mean, I loved I loved being a speed skater. I loved what I'm so grateful for everything that speed skating gave to me. Mm -hmm. um, I think the 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 best thing ever for any athlete is once you realize that you have translational skills that you developed in sport that are really really valuable in other parts of your life and when you figure out that um that power that you have um your your confidence is is built and you can start dreaming just like you did for the olympics about mm -hmm. other other things in life because 
you, you talk to someone who's going for the Olympics and it's sort of like, how dare you say there's anything like the Olympics? Because yeah. that's really like your sort of tunnel vision. It's all you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting, the term you use, tran translational skills. I, I, I haven't heard that term before. Um, and my brain is sort of following, I feel like a border collie following a tennis ball that just got thrown for me. Because um, it feels like it's building a path like almost a plus 15 to whatever next is from whatever used to be. Is yeah. that what it feels like for you? Yeah, well, and it has something to do with, again, playing your strengths. So understanding, yeah, I might not have a PhD in neuroscience, but I have these other strengths that could actually be applicable to neuroscience. And mm -hmm. um, I guess at the, at the conference, you'll hear more about why on earth a speed skater is talking about neuroscience. Mm -hmm. um, but my, that's my whole world now. My mom's got MS, and, and I can relate uh, on a very different level. Um, and I'm really looking forward to hearing the story and, and how you describe it at the event. And so as much as I want to ask more about it, um, that's why we're doing this podcast. So I really thank you for, for spending the time, as, as short as it is, to just give people a sense of what's possible. And that's really the, the biggest objective here. Great. In January, as I've mentioned a few times here, the first ever Day on Purpose conference will be happening here in Calgary. A Day on Purpose is bringing together a fantastic community of speakers and presenters as you've listened to today, people like you and me at various stages of uncovering their own purpose. It will be a day of stories and discovery that will work to make a very high level and at times hard to understand topic, relatable and uncomplicated. So stay tuned, you won't wanna miss this insight.